Merry Christmas. So whether you are here in Rancho or uh, for some reason there's East Coast representation today, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, welcome. Yeah, yeah, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us, but Merry Christmas. I don't know if you're like me and you, you miss um, invitations in this season, like invitations to cookie parties, staff Christmas parties, like all those kinds of things. Last year I was sick, uh, as could be, so I missed our staff Christmas party, uh, and then there's just not a lot of partying going on this year. Last year, though, the best invitation I got in the Christmas season last year was from our serve ministry here at Hillside. And they sent an invitation to our staff and our board for a serve event in partnership with one of our local partners, Hope Through Housing, to go down to Fontana to one of our senior, uh, their senior homes and be able to give like a Thanksgiving, Christmas kind of uh, celebration one day for lunch. And so as a staff, we loaded up on one of the church shuttles or two of the church shuttles and we had Santa hats and elf ears and all kinds of fun things. And, and we went down there and it was one of the most special times. And what I remember of that is the, the seniors at that center, they didn't need a sermon. They didn't need a song. They needed to know somebody cared. They needed somebody to serve. And we got to serve and, and, and just laugh and feed and then eat ourselves. Don't forget that part. But be with them. And I think there's something important about an invitation to serve that can give our lives meaning, that can give our lives purpose, and that can actually shape us if we let it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bibles, grab them, turn to Luke chapter 1. If you have a smartphone or a tablet, I would love for you to find Luke chapter 1. We're in a series called Here Comes Heaven. And this is the idea behind the series, that we are invited to join God in how he's working in this world to bring hope and peace and joy to others, to encourage others. And it's like we can bring a little bit of heaven down to earth when we join God in his work. Week one, we talked about how the angel reveals to Joseph that Joseph's fiance, Mary, is going to have a baby and he's to be named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And also he'll be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in the first coming of Jesus to this earth, we get a glimpse of God being with us. But we're promised in Scripture, there's a second coming of Jesus where finally and fully, one day, we can read this in Revelation 21, we will be with God, God will be with us, we will be his people. There'll be no more death, no more pain. God will restore the brokenness of this world. Anybody excited for that day? Then we talked about last week, this, uh, this call, this prayer, at the end of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, next to the last verse, in the Bible, there's this declaration, come Lord Jesus. Uh, Maranatha is the word that has often been used to that. Come Lord Jesus. And then we added this little phrase, and it could be today. So don't waste the moments we're given. Don't waste the opportunities before us. So we're going to continue in another fairly well-known uh, Christmas story here from the Gospels, Luke chapter 1, I'll start reading in verse 26. For, for many of you, this is such a familiar story. I, I, I hope that you could hear it with new ears. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, 
God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, if we're not careful, we distance ourselves from the story because probably you're like me, you haven't had an angel appear to you and give you God's invitation. However, we're told we have something better, and I hold it in my hand, that God has spoken to us through his word. Jesus has revealed through the Holy Spirit who he is. The, these men wrote this and put this so that we can know who God is and we can know why Jesus came. So you may not have had an angel speak to you, but maybe at one point in your life, God spoke to you through scripture. Or, or maybe at one point in your, your life, God spoke to you through a song. Or maybe one time, God spoke to you through a friend. Or maybe, I mean, this is crazy, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, God at some point has spoken to you through a sermon. <laughs> Not an angel, but something else. But the question is, do you have ears to hear if God does want to speak to you? And I would just ask you, would you whisper a prayer right now? God, please speak to me. God, please speak to me. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel, uh, as he appears to Mary, her first response is she's scared. This happens every time in scripture. An angel appears. People are afraid. The angel says, do not be afraid. But Mary is also greatly troubled. It means to be agitated. It means to be disturbed. She was disturbed at his words. Let me just say something. If you just prayed, Lord, please speak to me. I forgot to tell you this part of the prayer. If God answers it, it may not be comforting always. Sometimes it may be troubling. Oops, I left that part out. But when God speaks, it's often to call us out of our comfort zone, to invite us out of our safety zone, to, to say, this world, your life, it's not all about you. I've got a purpose for you. God's speaking to us. It's his invitations, his right here, right here. This isn't just information, it's an invitation. It's not just a revelation, it's responsibility for Mary. And the angel says, Mary, you can't even imagine what's going on here. You're going to give birth to the Messiah. Your baby's going to be great. What's happening here is of eternal consequence. And I actually believe that's true of us when God speaks to us, when God invites us to follow him and trust him and serve him, there are eternal consequences at stake. But let's be really honest. Mary had plans. But like any human, like any engaged young woman, she would have had plans. Maybe she thought, I want to get married. Um, maybe go on a little honeymoon. I don't know what they did back in that day. Then settle back in at her husband's home. And that day they would get married and add like an additional room to the husband's family's house. Wouldn't you guys love that one now? No. Um, and, and so maybe thought, let's settle in a little bit. 
Let's, let's start like our life and our careers and then a little bit later we'll have a child and start a family and all of that. The angel's announcement to Mary disrupts all of her plans. Have you ever had a disruption to your plans? Let's just say 2020, everybody. How do you respond with the disruptions of life come your way? How will Mary respond to the disruption? Verse 34, she asks, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. I love good questions. I, I think we learn a lot in life by asking good questions. Sometimes we learn more by asking good questions than we do by just making a bunch of statements. And she doesn't ask why. She doesn't say, why me? Why would you do this? She says, how? I don't think she's asking a question because she doubts. I think she's asking a question because she just doesn't understand. She doesn't see in her ability this opportunity to come to fruition. So she says, how will this be? Look at the answer, verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Elizabeth was thought to be too old to have a baby. Elizabeth being pregnant is a confirmation that the angel's words are true. And then verse 37, the angel ends with this. For no word from God will ever fail. When God speaks, when God invites you, no word from God will ever fail. So Mary asks, how is this going to be? Like, how can I be pregnant since I'm a virgin? And the, the angel says, well, the Holy Spirit's gonna come on you and overshadow you and the power of the Most High will come upon you. And, and I'm sure she's like, oh, okay, I understand now. No, she doesn't understand fully. But, but I do think she understands that this invitation is going to require full surrender. If she's going to go with God and she's going to follow God, it's going to require her to surrender her plans and surrender her ways. But here's what the angel says. This will be a work of the Holy Spirit. This will be a work that only God can do in you and only God can do through you. And God wants to use you beyond your wildest imagination. So how will Mary respond? How would you respond in this moment. And all week long, I can't get this phrase out of my head. I can't get this phrase out of my heart. I wish I would have had this phrase like in my head and in my heart for the last decade or two because I think it's so powerful. I, I just feel like I've seen something unique in this passage this week and I'm so excited about it. Here's her response, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. In this kind of moment, when the angel was inviting Mary into this God-sized work, she could have said, no, no, not me, no, not, not me. She could have said, not yet, I'm too young. I'm not ready. I, I wanna do some other things. I've got plans, so not yet. She could have said, not under these circumstances. Do you know what's going on right now? How can I follow you now? She doesn't say that. She says, I 
am the Lord's servant. She could have said all other kinds of things. She could have said, I'm the Messiah's mom. I'm the mom, M-O-M, mother of Messiah. She could have had a t-shirt company. She could have said, I am mom, mother of the Messiah. Jesus is my boy. Instead, she says, I am the Lord's servant. And I think that marks her. And I think that has the power to mark our lives as well if we lean into what does that mean? And how do we follow? I am the Lord's servant. I want to invite you right now, wherever you are, to pray a bold, courageous prayer with Mary. Would you just whisper this right now? Maybe close your eyes and say, I am the Lord's servant. And if you mean that, let's talk about what that means. I am the Lord's servant. See, God's invitation to service is an invitation that has some different applications. Number one, God's invitation to service is an invitation to preparation. When Gabriel announces this amazing news to Mary, she has a choice to make, just like we have choices to make every time God invites us to follow him. But it's an invitation to preparation first and foremost, meaning get ready. Have our hearts right. Have our disciplines in the right place. Be, be seeking God. It's not just about our actions when God invites us to follow him. It's about our attitudes. It's not just about what you do. It's also about why you do what you do. God's invitations are often more about our availability than our ability. And we're like, no, 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 I got some gifts. I got some talents. Like, God, you can use me, right? Because look at me. And God's like, no, 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 I'm looking for a heart that is available and humble and surrendered before me. It's an invitation to preparation, but here's the irony. You're, you're never fully prepared. Mary wasn't fully prepared, but she was available. And that was her preparation. See, some of the biggest things in life happen to us when we are not prepared. If you are married or if you have kids, were you ready to get married when you got married? Were you ready to have kids when you had kids? Because I thought, I'm ready to get married. And then I got married. And I realized I wasn't ready for that. We wanted to have children. And so after we were married sometime, we, we thought maybe we should have children. And then we had a child. And we thought, I'm not ready for that. If, if you and I wait till we're fully ready to do anything of significance, we'll probably never do anything of significance. But if we're working to prepare our hearts, when God's invitation comes, we'll know, well, I'm a little further along than I was. Eight and a half years ago, I was invited. I was, uh, like uh, church terms, called to be the senior pastor of Hillside Community Church. And I wish I would have had this on my heart in that moment and as a posture of my life to think I, I, I'm now the pastor of Hillside Community Church eight and a half years ago because there's a temptation for me to, to be like, I'm the pastor. Or there's a temptation to say, I'm a leader. Or there's a temptation to say, I'm the teacher. I mean, look, I got a Bible and I got one of these things. You don't have one of these things right now. 
But the fundamental foundational call and approach before God in that moment should have been, needs to be, I am the Lord's servant. Because more than title or position or authority or lack thereof is the posture of I am the Lord's servant, wanting him to be able to do what only he can do in me and through me. And so, your invitation to serve God is one for preparation. And maybe your greatest place of service and preparation is your a spouse or a parent or a grandparent. You're a friend or a roommate or with a coworker. You have an invitation to serve God. That, that's it. You thought, wait a minute. I thought God's invitation to serve was like this, do this. No, it's like, will you change your attitude when you go to work tomorrow and be a servant there? Nothing else has to change for us to say, I'm the Lord's servant. We have to change. So first of all, it's an invitation to preparation. Second, it's an invitation to transformation. An invitation to transformation, meaning it's a call to live a life of surrender and sacrifice. A life of surrender and sacrifice See, the, the disciples of Jesus didn't always get this. It took them a while to understand that God's invitation to service is one of transformation. There's a, a story, maybe you want to write this down in Matthew 20, and the disciples are, are they're arguing, they're bickering, they're jockeying for position. Who's going to get time with Jesus? Who's going to be the greatest on the list uh, of Jesus? Who's going to be closer to him than all the others? And, and Jesus gives them a warning and says, you know how it works in this world? You know how people are, are, are trying to strive for authority? You know how they uh, lord their power over others? Jesus says, starting in verse 26, not so with you. You've got to be different you got to be transformed. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your, will you say that word with me? Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this is what Jesus is saying. I'm Jesus. I'm your Messiah. I'm the Lord and Savior. I'm the one that's going to be great for all of eternity. My kingdom will never end. And I came to this earth to serve, not to be served. So he's saying to his disciples, who do you think you are? to say you're following me, but to be so full of pride. See, an invitation to service is an invitation to transformation, to say Jesus turns the ways of this world upside down and says, that's not my ways. My, my ways are not for you to live like that. My way is for you to be a servant. My way is for you to learn the ways of surrender putting others ahead of yourself. That makes a marriage go a lot better. That helps a friendship thrive. When two people are in a battle to put each other ahead of themselves, that's beautiful in a relationship. And see, serving is always helpful for others, but it's just about also as much what happens inside of you. Would you just pray? there at your seat. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Third, it's an invitation to formation. 
It's an invitation to formation, and, and here's, here's what I, I believe. I've, I've been listening to quite a bit on this in this uh, season. All of us are being formed and shaped by something or someone. We're, we're being formed and being shaped. We're, we're being molded. Our, our attitude, our perspective, our worldview, our, our hearts, uh, we're being formed and shaped by something. And, and some of us, it's the news cycle is forming and shaping us. And, and on a good day, we're like, whew, I feel pretty good. And on a bad day, we're like, oh no, it's all falling apart. Some of us are being formed and shaped by the devices in our hands. And the content that we're just letting pour into us day after day, hour after hour, we're being shaped by it. I mean, I, I don't assume most of our devices are always on a Bible app reading scripture. It's shaping us. It's forming us. And in a similar way, when we follow and say yes, when we RSVP yes to Jesus' invitation to service, it forms us. It, it shapes us. When, when we look at this, we realize it's a, it's a whole life. It's a holistic. Every part of us is being formed. And Mary, that was true of. This Luke 1 example, it's just the first time she said yes. But there were uh, moments upon moments, I'm sure, of her life. One of them is found in John chapter 2, and I, I just love this. I think it's so beautiful. In John chapter 2, where's it at? Jesus, his disciples, and even his mother, they're at a wedding in Cana. And Mary comes to Jesus out of the blue and says, Jesus, the, the bridal party, they're almost out of wine. You need to do something. Like, it's not her wedding. It's not their thing. But she has these eyes to see where are their needs? Where, where do other people need some help? And she sees what's going on and she says to Jesus, you got to do something about this. Now, Jesus is like, it's, it's not my time. Like, he's, he's not ready to do this. And yet, check out what he does. He humbles himself to his mother. See, I believe Mary, when you read about her throughout Scripture, this wasn't a one-time thing of saying, I am the Lord's servant. I think it was a posture of her life. I am the Lord's servant. How can I help others? How can I lift others up? Even if it's cost to myself. We looked at this passage last week. And I think it's so fascinating in 1 Peter chapter 4. In verse 7, Peter says, The end of all things is near. Like we're living in the last days. The end of all things is near. So be sober. Be alert. But then look at verse 10. But also, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to, what's the word? Serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. There's some good news in this verse. The good news is that God has gifted you. God has given you a talent. God has given you abilities and, and God has given you opportunity and he wants you to take those. He wants me to take those talents and those gifts and connect them with the opportunities and to be a faithful steward of what we've been entrusted with. And we're told in scripture that if we're faithful with the little that we've been entrusted, God may just entrust us with more. But if we squander the little, why would God entrust us with more? 
But faithful stewardship is this invitation to be a part of what God is doing and to be shaped by it, be formed by it. And I don't mean service like, yeah, one time way back I did this. I mean as a rhythm of our life, serving others. Not as a husband saying, yeah, I washed dishes this one time back in 2018 and my wife still hasn't thanked me for it. It's not what we're talking about. We're saying a posture. I, I, I need a posture of saying not, I'm a husband, but of saying, I am the Lord's servant to my wife. Not saying, I'm your father, listen to me. No, no, I am the Lord's servant to Olivia and Kate and Will. Almost forgot his name. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm the Lord's servant. Like, I'm the Lord's servant when I go to work. I'm not, a, I'm not a boss. I'm not just a boss or just an employee. I am the Lord's servant. And God has me in a job for a purpose more than just a paycheck, but to bring a little bit of heaven to earth in the way I do my work, to be a part of eternity. Last weekend, we, we had a toy drive here in partnership with Warrior for Children, and, and their, their vision is to help kids who are in places of trauma or the foster care system to, to still have hope. And so they were doing a toy drive, and we were helping and hosting part of that. And so I think we received triple the amount of gifts of what we were hoping to get. So praise God. Thank you for being generous in that area. Well, one of our staff members, they were talking about someone that drove in to drop off some gifts, and they saw who was in the car and they realized the, the wife had been in a, in a pretty serious medical condition recently diagnosed and, and, and the husband also was, was suffering and, and, and had been diagnosed with something and, and the kids and the whole family, they're, they're, they're struggling and yet they're there together to drop off toys and so one of uh, our staff members talked to them and said, what are you doing here? We just heard news about you. And the family responded and they said, we couldn't bear the thought of a single child going without a toy this Christmas. And so we needed to do whatever we could do. Because see, when you're, you're shaped and formed by serving, you, you see needs and opportunities in a new way. And the more you RSVP in, yes, I'm the Lord's servant, the more your eyes begin to expand for the other opportunities God invites you into. So it's, also an invitation to formation, and then it's an invitation to adoration. An invitation to adoration, meaning service is also an opportunity for worship. There's a secret here in serving I wanna pull out that I don't know that you've necessarily connected. Serving is, can be just as much worship as singing a song. Billy Graham, I love this quote, says this, the highest form of worship is the worship of unselfish Christian service. Jesus in Matthew chapter four goes through a, a series of three temptations with the devil. The devil is tempting him. And three times Jesus responds with scripture. In verse 10, here's what Jesus uh, says. He says to, to um, Satan, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Let's look at the combination here. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, Jesus seems to connect these two ideas, worship and service. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
And in fact, that word that's used there for serve can at times be used for worship. That our service, when, when we're serving other people, but it's actually with a heart for God, it's, it's an overflow of what God has done for us. That's why Jesus says the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. So follow that example that life flows out of us. Then Jesus says here, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And when you read the Christmas stories in scripture, you see their stories of service and sacrifice and worship through and through. Joseph is invited by the angel to be a part of this story. And he served God by being obedient to his calling and by being a good earthly daddy to Jesus. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. Joseph, just trust me and be a good father to Jesus on this earth. The shepherds, they serve God by telling others about Jesus. They heard the message. They went and saw with their own eyes and then they spread the news all around. They served. The magi, they served Jesus with their treasure, gold, frankincense, myrrh. They, they traveled a long ways and as they worshiped, they were serving. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. And then she served Jesus faithfully. I mean, is there any role more like a servant than that of a mother changing diapers, wiping spit up day after day after day after day after day. After, you know what I mean, right? She said, I am the Lord's servant. But see, it doesn't just stop there. That's why in this announcement, the angel says, and he will reign forever and ever. There's an eternal aspect to our service when done for Christ. When done with our minds on him, Revelation chapter 22, again, we read this the other week, but I skipped over this part of the verse to save it for today. Revelation 22, verse three, this is like the post-credit scene of scripture where it's, there's hints of what's to come. There's this reminder, all the pain is gone of earth. The, the restoration is complete, verse three. No longer will there be any curse, the throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. What do you think that means? Some of you are like, I thought we were on clouds with harps in heaven. Jesus says, or the, the revelation says, his servants will serve him. That word serve is the same word Jesus used that can mean worship. His servants will serve him, meaning in heaven for all of eternity, there's activity, there's participating in, in the rule and the reign of heaven, the fun, the joy, the culture of heaven. And for all of eternity, we will serve Jesus. We will worship him. Our activity, our service will be rewarding and fulfilling and contributing to the joy and the culture of heaven. And that's why when we serve now, we can bring a little bit of heaven to earth. We can bring a little bit of hope to those in despair, a little bit of joy to those who are struggling, a little bit of purpose in the moments that feel mundane. Can anybody say Zoom fatigue with me? Here comes heaven when we say, I am the Lord's servant. 
And our service on earth is preparing us for heaven and preparing heaven for us. We join with God in his work. And whether that's serving your family or your neighbors or your church or your city or the world, it matters. God has a unique purpose and a role for each of us to play. And it's not sitting on the sidelines and it's not a spectator in the crowd. It's get ready and get in the game. And when we join together and each of us do our part, that's the beauty of the local church. You don't have to do everything. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to have all the skills. You don't have to have all the gifts. Together we become the body of Christ with all the different parts. And the beauty of the diversity of the body of Christ. And when we join together at a church like Hillside, with a vision to see God's hope transform our cities one story at a time, and a huge part of that is serving, we get to impact here locally. We get to be a part of God's work to the ends of the earth, and we get to fulfill that vision. And guess what? I got a video I want you to watch with me of just that, how we together get to be part of bringing a little bit of heaven here on earth. Watch this. Jesus sees and understands every hurt and every need and his heart breaks with compassion. And Jesus is trying to say, I want you to see like I see. And you and I, we are where we are right here, right now for a purpose and God is up to something. The question is, what is he up to and how do we join him? Warrior for Children was created in our community because a need was found where children of trauma needed to have basic needs met and we needed to be able to support their families so that they could focus on the big needs for the kids. Because you guys at Hillside decided to be generous to us and to other organizations in our community, we get to continue to be in the trenches serving these families because generosity is the only way that we can do that and continue to be organizations that say yes and never, ever, ever have to say no. The Hope Through Housing Foundation um, has seniors right now who are homebound, they're scared, they need to stay at home, and we can bring these supplies to help them stay safe. And many of our families have lost hours, they've lost their jobs, and this is literally gonna help provide for their families over the coming weeks and months. So thank you so much to Hillside, we're so appreciative. The Indian culture is you help above, not below. And Harvest India breaks that mold by um, helping the least of these. To see that they're just like us and they just want to be seen, for them to not receive that and to know that God, like, created them. Hmm, sorry. Uh, to know that God created them and uh, loves them just as much as anyone else, like, hit me pretty hard. Still hits me hard. Our team first met Linda in 2017, and because of a lack of care and proper medical treatment, um, she was left with the inability to walk. I had the opportunity to go back, and there was a, a circle of staff members standing there to welcome us. And right there in the middle of that gathering was this little smiling face, and I instantly recognized her, but she was standing, and it was Linda. I remember being so incredibly overwhelmed um, because of the work of living room. 
she had the ability to walk and um, a new hope for life. See, Mary's response is, I am the Lord's servant. One of the opportunities we get together is to be able to declare this. We are the Lord's servants. Together, joining with God to see his kingdom of heaven in little glimpses here on earth, in the way that we make ourselves available for those who are closest to us, our friends and our family, not with a what's in it for me, but how can I serve? See, if Mary would have said, what's in it for me? I think there was only one answer. Jesus. And that's more than enough. He's more than enough. And for us today, to be able to say, God, I am the Lord's servant. We are the Lord's servants. Use us here on earth for your glory, for the good of others, to see the needs, to have our hearts stirred with compassion, to have courage and faith to move into those places where, God, you are leading us. Speak, Lord. We're listening. It's an opportunity to serve God with our time and with our talents, but also with our treasure. And your investments that you make into Hillside enable things like what you just saw. Since COVID, $314,000 we've been able to give to local and global partners because of your generosity. Thank you for your generosity. So amazing. And yet we still believe God wants to do more and accomplish more through the strategic partners we have here in our local area, all over the world as well. And I want to invite you to prayerfully consider what does it mean for you to be a part of that story of generosity? For, for many of us, like I, I grew up and my parents would like give me money and say, hey, take this to church. So when I got my first job, it, it's just what we did. We just, we just tithed. So when I got married, my wife and I, that's, that's just what we did. 10%, the first 10% of everything we make, it goes to our local church. We believe in the vision and the mission that God has called us to serve this world. And because we believe in it, that's just what we do. And so maybe for some of you, this would be a time where you step out in courageous obedience and be faithful with that first 10% that God gives you. Maybe you've been thinking about it, you've been praying about it, you've been saying maybe one day, but what if today's the day? For others of you, you're like, whoo, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a big gift from where I'm at. Well, what would maybe God be saying for you to step out in generosity, to step out in giving, and to be a part, not just in your words, but in your activity of saying, God, I'm your servant I trust you, and here's my life. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the ways you work. Thank you for the ways you invite us to join us, join you in your work, and we wanna worship you. Worship you, yes, as we sing and as we pray, but also worship you as we serve, and also worship you as we give, and we entrust ourselves to you. Lead us, 
and guide us and direct us to adore you in every way, to worship you in every way as we say, you are our Lord and we are your servants. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I just wanna give you a moment to give and to respond to God right now.